naive cubes and welcome to absorb it and yellow the podcast where me and my friends talk about the making of and our admiration for spongebob squarepants today on the podcast we're going to be discussing culture shock and the classic episode fun but First, we need to introduce our special guest. With us on the podcast today is Amber Zewer. How are you doing today, Amber? I'm doing great. Amber is a, uh, a, a longtime friend of mine. We both uh, went to um, college for design together, um, and she's an incredibly talented artist. So go follow her uh, photography account. Amber, what is your Instagram handle for your photography account? Uh, my Instagram is amberrene.photo. Nice. I forgot to tell you that I was going to give you a plug like that, but hopefully you don't <laughs> mind the, the shameless plug. Um, Amber, before we get into it, would you just tell uh, uh, me and the audience, um, wh- what is your uh, relationship with the show SpongeBob SquarePants? Um, how long have you loved it? Uh, what did it mean to you growing up? Stuff like that. Okay. Um, I can't remember when I first started watching it. But I do remember that these two episodes were some of the first episodes I ever saw. And I loved the show so much. And my dad would even watch it with us and just remember him laughing so hard at it. And we still talk about SpongeBob to this day. That's so good. Do, do you feel like um, because you brought up uh, your your dad watching it with you. That was the same thing for me and my siblings. I don't know why, but my dad like really liked SpongeBob. Um, And I don't know if he just like saw something smart or clever in it, but do you feel like, I don't know, you almost have this relationship with your dad and SpongeBob now where like you've, you were the kid in the scenario. So you're like, you know, just obsessed with it as like a cultural touchstone. And then he just has it as like this, he appreciates it or whatever. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And yes, would agree with that 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Well, so today, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about the episodes Culture um, Shock and Fun. Uh, But on the episode Fun, um, the working title for this episode was My Fair Plankton. Um, and fun fact, no pun intended, but fun fact, uh, there was a deleted scene. Um, originally, Plankton was meant to say, uh, uh, referring to the jellyfish, what do we do with when we shoot them? Um, and Nickelodeon felt that that was too dark and changed that line. But those are like pretty, you know, just inconsequential fun facts or whatever. Um, but but what I wanted to take a second to, t- to talk about um, is this is, of course, the uh, second time that we see the character of Plankton. Um, I was trying to think about it and, and I was thinking like, surely there must have been like episodes between this and the episode titled Plankton when, when he first appeared, um, especially as I was reading and learned, I didn't know this before, but Steven Hillenberg originally intended on Plankton only appearing in the show one time. Um, and what's even more interesting than that is that originally he he wrote Plankton to be a recurring villain uh, to SpongeBob, but as they kept working on the character just felt like this doesn't work like this is going to get repetitive fast um and so then decided he he's just going to show up one time in the show and and then he'll be done 
But Doug Lawrence, a.k.a. Mr. Lawrence, who also um, voices Plankton, uh, writes on the show and just fell in love with that character so much. He just started asking Stephen Hillenberg, like, can I try writing a couple more episodes with him? And then Stephen would love him. He'd tr- say, you know, can, can we try a couple more? And he'd love him until now Plankton, as we know him, it's just this like constant um, character on the show. Um, Also, fun fact about Doug Lawrence voicing uh, Plankton. Um, Apparently, because Steven Hillenberg communicated to Nickelodeon um, that he was just going to be like a one-time, you know, guest appearance on the show, um, Steven Hillenberg had already decided that Mr. Lawrence was going to do the voice of Plankton because his voice is just perfect for the character. But Nickelodeon insisted on like, we could get a um, guest appearance on the show. We could have like Bruce Bruce Willis or someone voice Plankton and Steven Hillenberg had to put his foot down and be like, have you not, have you heard his voice? Like his voice is Plankton's voice. So just super fun. And just another example of Steven Hillenberg's artistic integrity. Um, just knowing his own character so well. Um, Amber, what, what, what are your thoughts on the character of Plankton? You know, the first episode of Plankton, like Plankton, his episode, I, remember watching it and really just appreciating his character because I I always root for the underdogs, the, like, misunderstood. Right. And I feel like fun just emphasizes, like, SpongeBob sees Plankton as, like, he's just misunderstood. I should be his friend. Right. And so I admire that. And I just admire, like, whenever they do bring Plankton back, it's always, like, an interesting, like, episode. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about fun with you, but uh, we should take a a quick break and not get ahead of ourselves. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss culture shock. Culture Shock, written by Paul Tibbet and Mark O'Hare. Uh, we open up on uh, a very slow, crusty crab. Um, like I said earlier, I did not remember much of this episode. Um, and even the details in it, I-, I remember the basic premise of this episode, but right off the bat, um, we see Mr. Krabs manning the uh, free salad bar, which I just thought was such a clever, like when I was a kid, I did not put together like, oh, look, that's a little bit of foreshadowing <laughs> for what's going to um, come later in the episode. Um, Amber, tell me what you think of this. I, I just love this opening uh, because Squidward is just so in his feels. Like he's just like humming to himself, dancing. I feel like this is a, a side of Squidward that we maybe see that, that he you know, enjoys the finer things of life. Um, but he's like really like wearing it, wearing, wearing his heart on his sleeve this episode. Yes. Um, his sigh, like when he's looking at the magazine and then like envisions himself 
that scene always makes me laugh. Like anytime, like uh-huh. they use like real pa- people or like figures, like sculptures, and then Squidward like <laughs> sees himself on it. It just kills me. Right, and I just love. I, I don't know, like. I live in the, and I'm sure you could probably relate to this. I feel like I, I kind of live in these two worlds where like I went to school for design. I'm like well-versed in the design world. Um, but I don't know. There's, it does, it can get so uppity and fancy. And I just love that. Like all of that is exactly like exactly where Squidward wants to live all of the time. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> Uh-huh. So uh, Mr. Krabs is trying to figure out um, what they can do to bring in more customers. Uh, and um, SpongeBob has a few ideas. Oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. How about Mouthful of Clams Day? Everyone who shows up with a mouthful of clams gets their free drink. Huh? Huh? Well, uh, I was thinking more along the lines of live entertainment. <gasps> That's it, a floor show. No, wait, a talent show with your host, me. Oh, this is the moment I've, I mean, we've been dreaming of. So Squidward immediately just throws us straight into the premise of the episode. The Krusty Krab is going to have a talent show. I love the uh, uh, premise of this episode because it's just so silly. Such like a throwaway, like joke that they would have in a fast food restaurant a talent show i don't know about you amber but at the beginning of this episode as they're going through ideas and and spongebob lists off a ton of ideas i part of me was like he's not gonna like bring up pretty patties is he like i feel like i've like watched this scene before oh i forgot about pretty patties oh that's such a good one i love my favorite line is like with every order, you get a free pair of socks. And yeah. it's like, where did you get the socks? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's just so cute how excited SpongeBob is <laughs> about trying to help the Krusty Krab. Um, I also love uh, Squidward kind of convincing Mr. Krabs to do the talent show, partly from, you know, all of the money that it's going to bring in. Um, but him kind of like uh, pulling on his heartstrings and saying, just imagine Pearl, a star in all the lights. And I just love Mr. Krabs being kind of the stereotypical, you know, like a small town uh, boss CEO type who just like wants to make money and wants his daughter to be like the most famous person in the world. Yes. Next, uh, the the episode kind of transitions. They are setting up for the talent show. I love uh, that this episode kind of explores and um, more like solidifies the geography of the Krusty Krab um, just in that it's very clear of like okay so on the I want to say the west side even though I don't know you know obviously what direction they're facing but like the left side when you walk in is where the stage is the rest is like empty you can see it from a whole bunch of different perspectives which is really interesting um, but of course Spongebob um, wants to know from Squidward when he is going to be going on the show hey Squidward what time am I going on Going on what? The show! What am I going on the show? I have a great act. What talent could you possibly possess? (laughs) Ta-da! 
one. Not even your parents would want to see that. What the people want is culture, not dancing bubbles. Okay, I get it. Don't worry, Squidward. I'm going to come up with the most cultured act ever. I can hardly wait. <laughs> the only culture that guy has is in his tennis shoes. Ha! <laughs> tennis shoes. <laughs> I cracked myself up. <laughs> I just love that scene. I just think that that is like perfect SpongeBob and Squidward interacting. Both how overzealous SpongeBob is um, and then how overly uninterested Squidward is. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, Squidward having to try and like get SpongeBob off his case. SpongeBob's like... I just love when he does this random like accent. I didn't notice this until rewatching season one, but his like, uh, I'm gonna make the most cultured act ever. It's like just so silly, and I feel like uh, I don't know, just like so random and, and a, a staple of um, season one. But but then one of the main reasons that I wanted to pull that clip is because this, of course, starts the gag of Squidward laughing at his own jokes which I just think is so, like, well-observed and on the money of, like, what a person like Squidward would be like. I <laughs> really empathize with Squidward in that because I will make a joke and laugh at it myself. Right. And even if other people are in the room with me or I'll say something in my head and just laugh at it and people will look at me like I'm crazy. Right. But I just, like, I feel that. Like, when he said that, I was like, that's... Yeah, yeah. And I just love how this episode explores how much Squidward hates his town and how he just feels like I am the only cultured person here. Um, and not to sound mean spirited, but I wrote down in my notes, um, LOL. Uh, Squidward lives in Ames um, because, of course, uh, Ames, Iowa, where we both went to college. I love Ames. Don't get me wrong. But being in the College of Design, um, there are a lot of people who just really wanted to make Ames this like thriving art scene or whatever, you know. Um, but it's just like it's just a small college town in the middle of Iowa. Like not that many artists come through. There's not a lot of like. Yes. I, don't get me wrong. There there are like uh, very. um um, uh, talented and successful artists in Ames, but it's just not like, you know, it's not exactly the New York City of of Iowa. Um, but I just love like Squidward's like desperately trying to pull Bikini Bottom up <laughs> to be this thriving art scene. Yes, I know. I, yeah, that's just right on the nail. Like <laughs> Squidward mm -hmm. tries so hard. Just to make people appreciate what he appreciates, right. but at the same time, nobody really understands it. Right, exactly. Please, Squidward, let me be in the show. I'll do anything, anything, anything. So you really want to be in the show? Oh, yes. Okay, you get to mop up afterwards. Now will you stop bugging me? So this is what it feels like the big time with this mop. I shape my destiny. Uh, we get a few acts uh, in. We get um, uh, Pearl um, doing her cheerleading act and um, causing an earthquake in the entire Krusty Krab. Um, we get uh, Plankton, uh, interestingly, is in this episode very briefly um, and does a disappearing trick and, and tries to run away um, with the, the Krabby Patty and, of course, fails. Um, and we get some poetry reading um, from... Gary. Um, now, 
This next part, uh, before we get into all of those acts, um, on the topic of, of Squidward uh, not being understood by anything, I love this scene as he's introducing all of the acts, especially because like what you just said um, is so insightful to Squidward like making jokes to himself. Um, and I think specifically that kind of almost reveals early in the episode that Squidward makes these jokes under his breath, assuming that like no one is going to hear them or think that they're funny, so why bother? Because, you know, he's just so above everyone else, which is what makes this next scene so sweet in a way and then heartbreaking. <laughs> uh, good evening and, and welcome to the first annual Squidward Tentacles Talent Show, sponsored by the Krusty Krab, home of the Krabby Patty. Because no one else would give it a home. <laughs> uh, thank you. Our next act is living proof that nepotism is alive and well. <laughs> thank you. Uh, put your fans together for. <laughs> Butcher. <laughs> oh my gosh. I lost it watching this episode. Um, I just love that Patrick, of course Patrick would be that guy at a comedy act who's like just overly laughing at the joke that and at first it's funny and then it's just like, oh my gosh, dude, like what are you doing? But it's so sweet uh, how Squidward at first makes the joke under his breath like uh, because who else would give it at home and Patrick loses it and then you see this like look of surprise on Squidward's face like oh my gosh they actually like me his next joke lands and you just see him like elated with himself and then to watch him just like immediately you know turn into a, a smoldering anger like why did I even bother thinking that these people understood anything you know it's just so funny <laughs> Yes, I love Patrick in the scene. Also, when it shows like a distant shot of like Patrick, Mr. Krabs, and SpongeBob's parents, and Patrick is wearing his like normal like green with purple flower shorts, and then he's wearing like this too small suit jacket and a top hat. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I love that so much. It kills me every time. And I just love that uh, it's Mr. Krabs, Patrick, and SpongeBob's parents sitting yes, at a table what? together. Especially because we know from Home Sweet Pineapple that uh, SpongeBob's parents like don't know Patrick that well and are very uncomfortable around him. Yeah. And the fact that they meet Mr. Krabs and he just introduces himself with, hello, I like money. It's just so funny how out of place they are. <laughs> So uh, as we go forward in the episode, I really, really love how they how they use SpongeBob in this. Um, so, of course, uh, the infamous um, performance of Squidward's, uh, he thinks that the show is failing. And so he needs to pull out all the stops. And so he does his like avant garde um, interpretive dance. Uh, the crowd, of course, is is booing it. They hate it. Squidward is crushed. Um, they're they're throwing tomatoes from the formerly free salad stand um, at him, and he's just totally done. Um, now, what I love is that 
um, all night. SpongeBob is just kind of acting as this background character um, where he just will occasionally pop in and be like, hey, when am I supposed to go on? And I just love that they let SpongeBob fall to the background and you, the the uh, the viewer, are like, wait, where did SpongeBob go? Like, I thought he was important to this episode. And then um, at the last moment when all hope is lost, SpongeBob makes his appearance. Hey, Squidward, can I go on now? Yeah, show's over. I just there's something about this scene that I feel like got me really thinking about um, uh, audio editing <laughs> when I was a kid because there's something so understated but hilarious about SpongeBob silently mopping and just like the very muted like oh hey yeah yeah hey this isn't too bad just like in the background that they don't draw attention to but it's like so funny because of how understated it is yeah and then like the sound of squidward's like just his suction little things when he comes on or like Uh appears like it's Uh so simple but so funny yeah and i love squidward's kind of like a b testing of like what is it is it his hand like would my hand get applause what if i mop exactly the same would people applaud me and just the fact that absolutely nothing like it's obvious stating it out loud but it's so funny and so clever the first time you see it yes and like also when like he's Squidward's like trying the mopping at the end and then somebody throws that one single tomato and it plops on the <laughs> yeah. ground and then SpongeBob just comes out with this little dust. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's so good. I just that yeah, and that he has this dust pan out of nowhere and he's like, Oh yeah, I got it. And it, they just freak out. It's so good. <laughs> yes. And then I don't know if you have the sound clip, but the ending where like SpongeBob's parents wheel and Mr. Krabs. Right. And right. He's, his mom's like, our son's a star. And then his dad's like, who would have thought he had so much talent? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that this is like just perfect SpongeBob because he's, you know, he, he wants to, to know what his part in the play is, um, which is just so like, emblematic of, of his uh, character and his drive for life in general. Um, and then again, that uh, Squidward gives him a mop is just, you know, perfect SpongeBob, but he cherishes that so much and is like, this is such an honor. Um, and that it just like works out for his favor in the end. It's just so fun and so sweet and so good to see. Um, but like he said, uh, things go well for SpongeBob um, and uh, SpongeBob's parents are proud that their son is in fact a star. 
Dad Zatch Talent. I'll be needing another wheelbarrow for next week's show. So you just feel so good at the end because even though SpongeBob was brought so low, he wins in the end. Um, in any episode where SpongeBob wins in the end, it just feels so good. But Amber, I want to kick it over to you and let you have uh, the final word. What are your impressions of this episode and what makes it so great? I think what makes it great is how much it focuses on Squidward and his character. I feel like a lot of the times, like when Squidward is a part of an episode or something, it's very much in the background. But this is one of the few where he's in like the front and like you see him and you like realize, oh, he loves culture. He loves dancing. He loves art. He loves all this stuff. And then just to see him brought so low after so much passion being built up about this talent show is like funny and heartbreaking at the same time. because when <laughs> Right. Mr. Krabs comes through the wheelbarrow and is like, we need another one for next week's show. His sad sigh <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just... Yeah, that's so true. It's a good... It just shows like a good contrast between SpongeBob and Squidward, I think. Totally. Yeah, I hadn't even thought like before you said that, that this really is a Squidward episode um, and like such a classic one. But with that... Um, we're going to kick it over to a quick break, and then when we, when we come back, we're going to be discussing probably one of the most well-known SpongeBob episodes ever, fun, right after this. Everyone enjoying their Krabby Patties. Uh huh. What's this? Can you spot him, Mr. Squidward? Down there, sir! There appears to be a Krabby Patty napping in progress. There can be only one culprit. Plankton! Finally! Victory is mine! I win! I win! I win! <laughs> he got away, sir. No! He's finally stolen me secret recipe! Perhaps not, Monsieur Krabs, for it's SpongeBob SquarePants! <laughs> so we are back with the episode Fun. I love this intense cold open uh, to the episode. Like I wrote in my notes, like holy crap! The moment that all the lights go out, um, and the, and the intense music starts, I was like, I was not <laughs> expecting this. 
and I can't help but feel like that this, uh, if it wasn't a direct inspiration, you can see that it's kind of coming from the same um, creative space, the opening to the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Um, I just love the idea that like, this job is so serious to SpongeBob that that if a Krusty Krab, uh, Krabby Patty would be stolen, this is how it would play out. One of my favorite things is when the narrator's like, don't you worry. And then SpongeBob rips off like his layers to only reveal himself again. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I freaking lost it. Uh, Yeah, at him like tearing his, what you think is just his shirt off, but it's all of his skin and it's just SpongeBob (laughs) underneath. Yes. And then the the high-speed chase that ensues after this is so funny and so good, especially because like, you know, I imagine like it's not easy to write uh, a storyboard driven cartoon when you don't have like any um, um, dialogue. And, and there's like a decent chunk of this episode that's just SpongeBob chasing Plankton and it's all visuals and silly sound effects, but it's so good. And it's like Indiana Jones meets James Bond meets A-Team. Um, and it just is like works so well. Yes. I also think it's really funny because a lot of the time we see the chum bucket is right across the street from right. the crusty crab but no in this episode they like go <laughs> all the way through downtown yeah uh-huh yeah i hadn't noticed that but when i was doing research for the episode uh one of the trivia facts sometimes like the some of the websites i'll look at like have pretty like dumb trivia facts like spongebob's shoes are colored wrong or something and one that they had on this one was uh normally the cru- or the chum bucket is across the street but it's all the way across town and i was like oh i hadn't even thought about that like <laughs> they they chase for so long to get to the chum bucket it's also funny when they like it ends like the chase scene and the the Krabby Patty has glasses on and SpongeBob just doesn't recognize it. Yeah, that is a perfect transition. I love uh, if SpongeBob taking his job this seriously was perfect SpongeBob. This here is also perfect SpongeBob, both the character, but then also the writing and the voice acting. Wow, a magic shop. Are you a magician? One time, I saw this magician, and he took this thing, and he... Anyway, and then he told us, if you believe in yourself, and with a tiny pinch of magic, all your dreams can come true. I can't take it! <laughs> I just <laughs> lost it at this magician, and, and, and he said this thing, and, and, and anyway... anyway like, that's like, because that's actually how kids just talk. Like, he didn't say yes. anything. I also just, like, the way he says, like, just that whole area also reminds me of, like, the future episode where he's like, imagination. Yeah. I had in my notes, like, of course SpongeBob would love magic. Like, <laughs> I love it when you discover a friend who, like, did magic tricks when they were a kid because i feel like it's a very specific type of person that's just like oh of course you probably like know a lot of like yo-yo tricks too but spongebob is that type of person that would just be like enthralled with magic tricks yes definitely like there i don't see him as a character without this little like niche thing Uh uh-huh totally I was about to move on, but I just need to like harp on this for a second. Like the more I think about it, it's just so 
like a perfect embodiment of SpongeBob because the way that he sees the world, like the world is magical. And so like the the mop that he got last episode is magical. Um, the first spatula that he got is magical. And he just like sees the world with this, like he's not cynical. He's not jaded. Like he's just so, yeah, every everything is magic. And so it just makes perfect sense that like it, to see real magic um, would just be like mind boggling to him. And I just love that because that like so well leads up to the conflict of this episode, which is that his idyllic uh, uh, way of, of seeing the world is going to be challenged by the cynical and jaded Mr. Krabs. Um, before we get to that, my heart was just broken for Plankton. Um, you know, he's screaming as he leaves the Krusty Krab, finally, I win, I win. Uh, and then he, like, when he gives up the Krabby Patty to SpongeBob, he confesses, like, I'm such a loser, you know. Um, and uh, SpongeBob's like, no, you're not. And then the whole town runs up to Plankton to, to let him know what a loser he is. And you can just see that he's just so crushed and so sad. Um, and then double the sad <laughs> when plankton is walking away depressed <laughs> squidward says something like how does it feel to have the whole town hate you hurts done it and i'm like is that squidward like is that coming from somewhere personal to squidward that <laughs> he's like happy to see somebody else be hated by everyone God, that line. <laughs> isn't that just so sad it is and i think that's why i love this episode is because it dives deep into like plankton and his character and like why he is so like angry uh-huh yeah it really is good i mean like i i constantly qualify on this podcast like i know that this sounds too intense for like a spongebob podcast but genuinely like the best writing for villains in any movie you know um the dark knight avengers or just like any drama like you see why the villain is so awful. You disagree with their conclusion, but you're like, yeah, I can see how you, you would get there. Um, and so to see the whole town, like just viscerally, like hate him so much, so heartbreaking, but such a good, like development of his character. Um, SpongeBob does not want to celebrate making uh, Plankton feel bad, but that is exactly what happens um, when the police chief shows up um, and and says that SpongeBob is a jolly good rookie. But he's a jolly good rookie. But he's a jolly good rookie. But he's a jolly good rookie. I bet if he had just one friend, he wouldn't be such a meanie. So, uh, Amber, what do you think of the kind of on-the-nose um, but sweets uh, setup for this episode here? I think it's just so wholesome of SpongeBob just to mm -hmm. see that Plankton is so hurt. And, like, it's funny because when you talked about, like, the town calling him a loser, SpongeBob had offhandedly, had, like, called Plankton a winner, and then everybody just, right. like... And Plankton asks him to repeat that, but everybody just calls him a loser. And then yeah. when SpongeBob's having this internal like monologue of like, if he just had one friend. But I also think about how like just sweet and genuine SpongeBob is because in the Plankton episode, like Plankton was so mean to him. But SpongeBob right, just right. so much 
cares for other like people in bikini bot fish and I don't know sea creatures in bikini bottom totally yeah I can't remember what episode it was on but I like had this note of like genuinely I want to be Spongebob because typically I'm not but Spongebob is so earnest and so believes the best of people even people who like just hate his guts and are terrible to him. Um, it's funny that even in this episode, we see that like there's like limits to that uh, because we see bubble baths later in the episode. And for whatever reason, they have this like unspoken rivalry and history with each other. Um, but yeah, like I, I just wrote in my notes, such a beautiful premise. Uh, and then I put next to that be SpongeBob, like that he would be literally lifted up by everybody else um, for tearing plankton down. But that like, SpongeBob has no joy in that and just sees such a lonely plankton. Um, and just like that thought, like, I bet if he had a friend, he wouldn't be such a meanie is so beautiful and so admirable. And I just like have to gush about this was not common for cartoons at the time. Like when Steven Hillenburg created SpongeBob, he made a point of like, SpongeBob is not cool spongebob is not cynical spongebob is not like i'm too cool for this i'm above this i want to i'm gonna ride off on a skateboard or whatever he's earnest he's dorky he believes the best in people um and so it's just such a not obvious choice from a marketing uh and, and production standpoint but like in hindsight so obvious of like that just is who spongebob is Yes, and I just, I just also think about the tube socks. Like, who he he wears tube socks and like a tie every day of his life. Right. Uh, SpongeBob um, decides that he's gonna, you know, go befriend Plankton. Um, Plankton is sulking. I love, like, of course he would be in his like evil laboratory when a customer comes. Like, of course he would, you know, be in an evil lab. And then just, like, in a heartbeat, switch from, like, evil genius to, like, oh, I'm a waiter at a restaurant now. Um, and and uh, SpongeBob is hoping that Plankton will play with him. I want you to come out and play with me. Play? Play with me. You know how to induce thermonuclear fusion? No, but I like to go jelly. That naive cube! I just love uh, how much... Plankton hates SpongeBob. Um, I love how much Karen is like. What do you think of this, Amber? I wrote down like Karen is kind of evil in her own right. Like she's like, what are you doing, Plankton? Like Plankton, uh, you could like con SpongeBob here, you know? Yeah, she like of course like she's a computer, but this and like in that aspect, kind of like a robot, and thus like technology is advanced because of plankton and so it's maybe that weird like robots will take over the universe kind of vibe but yeah she's like giving him this plan of like no like befriend him and take the krabby patty right right after this um i love like when plankton's like oh you're right and he opens the door and spongebob goes Fishing with my friends in jellyfish fields all right spongebob i'll play your little game Right! Last one to the field is a rotten club! So, I get the big net, and you get the little net. Mm. What happens after we eat them? Fishing with me. I just, like, lost it that 
because there's like two minutes of dialogue between Plankton and Karen, and, and it cuts SpongeBob off halfway through the word jellyfishing and picks up right <laughs> where they left it. It's so good. Yes. I, I love the self-reference of SpongeBob's like, la, 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 la. Like, I love just anytime the show like references other episodes because you as a kid are like, oh, my gosh, yes. I know that because that's just what he says or whatever, you know. So now we lead up to the reason that anybody knows this episode. And I have, of course, talking about the fun song. We're going to play it in a second here. Um, but first, Amber, uh, can you just talk about um, what makes this song so great? I think what makes this song so great is just how, like, the acronym of front fun and, like, how just, like, I think the song just, like, embodies SpongeBob and who he is and his character. But also, my favorite part that, like, continually I will sing to myself, if not think of a lot of times, is the way that uh, Plankton sings it. Right. Yeah, I have written down like if it, when you were a kid in elementary school, if you could sing Plankton's lines, like wow, everyone would be so like impressed. Um, especially because they're so specific and they're not necessarily like words that every kid would know. And I swear that like this line, like Plankton's line, is probably uh, what began my. Uh, sort of line for line obsession with memorizing <laughs> my favorite cartoons and films. <laughs> it's literally the best. And I will at times not be thinking of anything. And then I'll just think of uranium bombs. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, of course, Plankton does not know how um, to have fun, what fun is. Uh, and SpongeBob spells it out for him. It's not about winning. It's about fun. What's that? Fun is when you... Fun is... It's like... It's kind of... Sort of like a... What is fun? I... Let me spell it for you. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. F is for fire that burns down the whole town. Use for uranium bombs. N is for no survivors when you're... Langton, those things aren't what fun is all about. Now, do it like this. F is for friends who do stuff. Never! That's completely idiotic. Here, let me help you. F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. Try it! N is for anywhere and anytime at all. Down here in the deep blue sea. Wait, I don't understand this. I feel all tingly inside. Should we stop? No, that's how you're supposed to feel. Well, I like it. Let's do it again! Okay! F, F is for frolic through all the flowers. U is for ukulele. N is for nose picking, sharing gum and sand licking here with my best buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to like, uh, I'm not really going to cry, but I want to say I want to cry over just how 
perfect this song is, how perfect this episode is. Like, just the voice acting, the writing, everything. So, for one, this song is just perfect, both for the show and, like, just the execution of it is just so phenomenal. Um, There's a reason that this is, like, one of people's favorite episodes ever. On top of that, the acting in uh, Plankton's voice is so good. He's so out of place, and, and he just, like, does not fit SpongeBob's, like, cheery voice at all. They feel like they're from different shows. And also just, like, Plankton screaming <laughs> uh, uranium bombs. What now? It's just so good. And then, um, you know, he, of course, refuses to sing the song at first. But then even when he does, um, and is for anywhere and anytime at all, it like it doesn't sound right coming out of his voice like it sounds completely out of place and it just like achieves it so perfectly it's bizarre but it's sweet and then uh, i forgot about this like kind of audio detail but i just love so much the the music kind of like falling silent like it's muted um as we pan out to mr Krabs spying on on spongebob and plankton and he just utters to himself mutiny it's just so good yes i i agree with that and just like yeah because spongebob's voice is like higher more fun more just like bright and then plankton's is like this low bass right and just even when they're like doing the laughing part like plankton sounds evil still totally Uh uh-huh so uh spongebob and plankton um of course uh you know they're they're confronted on their friendship. Mr. Krabs is convinced that um, Plankton uh, has not changed. He's still the same evil, diabolical um, madman that he always has been. Mr. Krabs sets a test for him um, to see if he'll steal a Krabby Patty, uh, and he apparently passes the test. He he doesn't steal it, and then at the last minute we see, um, of course, Plankton has swapped out the real Krabby Patty with a cardboard stand-in and now has to go confront uh the the um liar plankton and save spongebob from heartbreak um i i find it fun that bubble bass gets a little bit of a cameo here kind of odd that he doesn't speak i don't know if they just couldn't get the voice actor back or something but he just um you know, silently sits on plankton. Um, and, I, and I wrote down like, what a piece of garbage, like bubble bass. They're just so good at making you hate him so much. Um, but he of course gets bubble bass to get back up off of plankton. Um, but it all comes crashing down when uh, Mr. Krabs tells them everyone in the theater to reach into their pockets and see that SpongeBob has been lied to this whole time. How long? How long what? How long were you planning on doing this? Tell me! <laughs> what? All right, it's true. I tricked you to get the Krabby Patty. But then you showed me friendship. <laughs> and now I realize that's all I ever really wanted. Really? No, not really. Being evil is too much fun. Oh, <laughs> I mean, nothing would ever tear us apart. Mr. Krabs, he's gone. He got the patty. He won. Such good writing. There's just so many little details that I could just like 
Yeah, just to like list some of, of them off. SpongeBob talking like he's going through a breakup is so clever, uh, and the how like just heartbroken and and, and torn up Plankton is. Um, but then the clever writing of uh, being evil is too much fun is of course like just clever word choice. And then SpongeBob lamenting like he won, like Plankton really is a winner now. Um, but Amber, how do you feel about this ending here as, as we learn that Plankton hasn't changed at all? Honestly, for me, like when I just remember watching this, like, I don't know how old I was, but just imagining the possibility of like, Plankton is actually going to be good. And then just getting to the right. scene and being so shocked and being like, what? Why? <laughs> right. And just like, yeah, heartbroken like SpongeBob. But I also have to say, just the music in the background of the scene where they're like having uh-huh. this intense moment, I just think of like, old Hollywood films like Casablanca at the end and just like right. the emotion is just coming to a pinnacle point. <laughs> it's so good. And and that like this scene did just so many things for my mind. Like when I was a kid, like serious romances exist in Bikini Bottom. Like I, I, I love when you kind of see like SpongeBob out in, you know, the quote unquote real world, like the adult world when he goes downtown, when he goes to the movie theater or something and you see that there's like serious Casablanca type films that other fish are just watching in their daily lives. Um, the music being so out of place is so good. The specific like, uh, architecture of like oh don't you know it's behind movie theater screens like when I was a kid I was like oh there's concrete behind movie theater scenes like I just interpret that as like that must be a thing that all adults know and it was just that was so, so funny mind-blowing totally uh-huh so like you said it's like so heartbreaking um that that Spongebob you know was wrong <laughs> that uh Mr. or Plankton rather um, he, he did not in fact turn from his evil ways, but I've got to say, I, I even caught that, like, I really appreciate that SpongeBob, while he is remorseful, he's still not cynical. Um, he's, he's shocked by it, but he hasn't become jaded. Like he's like, wow, I must've been wrong. Like Plankton really is still evil, but he's not like, you know, world shattered, like, I need to view people differently from now on or whatever. Like he's still like his happy go lucky self. Um, and Mr. Krabs is just looking out for him. Yeah. I just, I think this just shows like SpongeBob just being like, okay to be wrong about things. Like he's not someone who's going to get argumentative or be like, Hey, no, like I'm not wrong. I just mistakes or like, I didn't say that or like, but no, he's just genuinely like, I guess I was wrong and Mr. Krabs is looking out for me. Totally. Yeah. And, you you know, you could read this episode one way that's like, don't be like SpongeBob. Don't get the wool pulled over your eyes. But I really think that like the moral of this episode is like, no, SpongeBob was right. It's it's not. Like everybody is a winner. And even at the end of the day, it's not about winning. It's about having fun. And SpongeBob was right to assume the best and see the best in someone. Um, but then he was also right to assume and see the best in Mr. Krabs when he realized that like you're not going to 
guess correctly every time, but that doesn't make the compassion that you show for somebody um, any more wrong. Yes, exactly. So uh, SpongeBob and Mr. Krabs find <laughs> Plankton smashed against the concrete <laughs> wall, um, and the episode wraps up. Now let's go back to the Krusty Krab and have a fresh one on me. Aye, aye, Mr. Krabs. Well, maybe at a discount. <laughs> So just a very silly ending. Uh, Plankton gets flicked over into uh, Bubble Bass's jelly beans. Um, But so, Amber, uh, when when I officially put out the initial um, request for uh, people who wanted to be on the podcast and a whole bunch of people, you know, um, messaged back with their favorite episodes that they'd like to be on. Uh, And you, of course, messaged and said that you would be happy to do uh, one of several, but one that you listed was, of course, fun, Um, which to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, that is the perfect uh, episode for Amber, because I feel like these qualities of SpongeBob, uh, you more than most people embody so well, Um, just like this, like love for life and hyping other people up, gassing people up. But um, because this was your episode, I wanted to kick it over to you and ask, like, what are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, Why did you pick it? Um, And what makes it uh, just a classic, perfect SpongeBob episode? Um, I think for me, the reason why I picked it is because, like, like I said at the beginning, I was like, this is one of the first episodes I, like, remember seeing and remember, like, fully enjoying. I also just really appreciate like SpongeBob just seeing Plankton sad and distraught and being like, I'm going to be his friend. Like, and I think that's like, just like a good personal trait anyone and everyone should have is like looking for that one person who's just like kind of down, kind of feeling sad, like, and hang out with them and be their friend. I think that's great. I also just really like the comedic aspect and just like, the contrast between SpongeBob and Plankton. And like I said, the, um, also the other one, Culture Shock. I forgot Culture Shock was about the talent show, but like also that con- contrast between Squidward and SpongeBob. I just love seeing each character being compared to SpongeBob and how SpongeBob goes, reaches out to them, tries to help them change, doesn't always work out or is successful, but the like comedy that goes along with it in like that journey is just so well done. Couldn't have said it better myself. So good. Five out of five SpongeBob and just such a good example of the heart of SpongeBob and, and what makes this show so beautiful. So that's uh absorb it in yellow um, to yeah, wrap up uh, Amber. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, everybody um, go uh, check out Amber's photography. Go go support her creative work. Uh, if you like the podcast, um, leave a review. That'll help other people find it. And if you have any thoughts or questions, write in to sponge at spamrobots.com. But Amber, uh, one last time, any closing words before we wrap up? This is just, I'm just so happy there's a place where people can talk about SpongeBob and be passionate about SpongeBob because that has been lacking in the world. <laughs> Amen. We're doing the Lord's work out here. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, listener. And we will be back next week with Muscle Bob, Buff Pants, and Squidward, the unfriendly ghost. How does it feel to be the most hated thing in Bikini Bottom, Plankton? It hurts, doesn't it?